What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. Today, we'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Calvin Kaplan. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Excited to be back. And most of all, Mason, I'm excited for this sellout crowd week one. I'll be at the game. I think it's okay. the first time. It's the first time in forever, it feels like, that we've yeah. had a sellout at FedEx. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's the first time, I believe, since 2019, they said. And even then, you know how Snyder was like closing off sections. And mostly it was just opposing teams' fans that are selling out the, the stands. But this really feels like, I mean, it, it's game week. for, and, and it actually counts for the first time in months or first time since last season. And Absolutely. I can't recall a season where there's, there's just been this much hype and this much excitement towards this Washington franchise in a long time in a long time yep. uh, it, yeah yeah it's been forever like you said it's due in large part almost entirely to the new ownership but the fact that the fans like you said mostly on the washington side of things showing up for a game against a team that's rejected to be the worst in football i think the commander's fan base is back in a big way I definitely think the NFL gave this team justice for sending them with the worst team or the projected worst team in the NFL heading into this season. It's right. definitely brought a lot of excitement. Plus, I mean, you got a new young quarterback, new exciting offensive coordinator, um, plus just all the returning pieces of guys like Karen McLaurin, Jonathan Allen, all those leaders coming back and guys even in preseason that have been showing out. So overall, like there's so much excitement coming into this game. But yeah. Um, yeah, let's just jump, jump right into a little bit of a preview here for, again, Washington Commanders against the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field. 1 p.m. next Sunday is going to be an exciting one. We'll start here with the Commanders' key to success. My, well, I guess we can just like kind of bounce off of each other in terms of what we think needs to happen for Washington to win this game. Um, would, would you want to go first or should I say first? Or? Yeah, you can go first. Okay, yeah. Um, I think this team really needs to have a reliable run game and not just one of those where you run it a lot, but if it's not working, like it doesn't matter if you run it, you're going to pick up two, three yards. I'm talking about like four yards per carry out, like the team averaging four or more yards per carry every single time they run the football, because Sam Howell, again, I know we love to see that what he did during the preseason. Oh, that was so incredible. Like again, that Ravens game looked really promising and stuff. But again, this is going to be his second ever start in the regular season. We have to remember that. And I know expectations for him right now are like, I wouldn't say they're sky high, but like after the preseason performances, they've definitely increased. Now, like there's going to be some pressure on him. And if he messes up, this run game needs to be there for them to fall back on. And I know how Ron Rivera loves to have this run game working and stuff and same with Eric Bieniemy. But if they're going to want Sam Howell to throw the football and throw the football downfield, when Sam Howell messes up, this run game better, it has to be working to kind of complement Howell's passing game. Absolutely. It's got to step up. And like you mentioned, the inefficiency was something that plagued this team for a lot of last year, really because in large part, the play calling from Scott Turner was oftentimes really, really predictable. But other than that, we didn't have the commanders didn't have a fully healthy Brian Robinson for much of the season. Of course, Antonio Gibson, you know, there's always been that debate about using him between the tackles. He's never been that efficient of a runner in terms of yards per carry. This year, obviously, we're going to expect a little bit more out of Gibson in the passing game. And Robinson being back and fully healed, I think, is one of the more underrated running backs in football right now. It's just going to be 
key to see whether Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy will stick with the running game, stick with it for much of the game, not necessarily just running the ball on first down every single time, but like you said, always having it there to fall back on, not relying too much on Sam Howell, at least out of the gate. If he's tearing it up out there, by all means, I and we're, the commanders are winning big, by all means, I don't see a need to just pl- plod along with the running game if Sam Howell's having a fantastic game out there. But on the other hand, it still needs to be present heavily early in the game to really help the commanders get their feet under them. Yeah, and l- like you said, Antonio Gibson, I definitely, well, I guess we, we could we would talk about him a little bit more later. But Brian Robinson, um, yeah, like you said, is, I think is one of the more underrated running backs in the NFL right now. And again, he's even said it in press conferences. He was never 100% healthy last year even yeah. though it looked like it. And it was impressive what he was doing when he just came back in part of that middle of the season or whatever. Um, and, and like putting up, I think he had a 100 yard game in there or something mm-hmm. like that as well. So like what he was doing coming back off of the, like the gunshot wounds in his leg was very impressive. But again, he wasn't that efficient. And I think that's something that really has made a lot of people doubt him a little bit and what he can what his ceiling is as a true running back, which I think has really kind of made it, made him become a little bit underrated. But yeah, uh, any other thoughts on the run game uh, and how you want to see it implemented this game? Uh, yeah, I just want to see these two backs involved. I've always wanted to see Gibson, as many people have, involved more in the passing game. But honestly, with the Terry McLaurin injury, and we'll get to this a little bit more later, I think there's a potential for Gibson to be used as a weapon out of the backfield. Yeah, and what are your thoughts on Chris Rodriguez as well? The sixth round pick made the fifty-three man roster. What like what about him? What what do you think? Will he get any playing time, or do, do you want him? Do you want to see him get any playing time? I think maybe a few snaps. I honestly doubt he's going to get more than three or four carries. But with this team using guys like Jarrett Patterson and Jonathan Williams, even when they were in reserve roles, it's always possible that we see Chris Rodriguez in there at some points throughout the game. I think the team's pretty comfortable as long as Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are both healthy. But he might, Chris Rodriguez might be involved in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, during the preseason, he looked pretty good. Besides the one fumble, like his efficient by efficiency stand, standards eight yards per carry. I think he averaged 7.1 yards per carry throughout the entire preseason, which was great. I mean, I definitely want to see more of him this off season. Oh, not this off season, but like during the season. And if one of those two running backs goes down, like for example, Brian Robinson, if he goes down, I really think Chris Rodriguez could be like, he's not going to be, he's going to be better than people think in terms of replacing him. I don't think there'll be that big of a fall off in terms of uh, play for um from robinson to rodriguez not saying that there won't be though like there's definitely that there definitely will be some fall off but i think he can be a reliable running back especially he's only in his rookie year so yeah Yeah. uh moving on here i think another key success do you want to say one do you have one or do you want me to go to yeah i mean i can go with one i think my key to success and it's a little bit it's more on the opposite side of the ball is really stopping the running game, especially with like the interior defensive line and linebackers. Obviously, with the signing of Cody Barton, that means another big uh, tackle machine comes to Washington. And of course, they're going to be relying heavily on the 5-2 scheme with like five defensive linemen, two linebackers. And Jamin Davis was getting better as a run stuffer last year, oh, yeah. but he wasn't really that present in training camp. I think James Conner 
people have kind of written him off ever since a couple years ago once he left the Steelers. But with Josh Dobbs starting, James Conner is going to get a ton of work inside. And I think alongside that just comes many, many more tests for Cody Barton, for Jamin Davis, really to slow this offense down. I don't think the Cardinals are that big of a threat, but I think right now James Conner is going to have to be that primary offensive weapon. And he's a very physical runner who can get it done between the tackles. Yeah, again, like you said, I feel people have written off like James Conner ever since he left Pittsburgh, came to Arizona. But I don't know, just just because like he's been putting up some good points like fantasy wise over the last few weeks of last season. But like he he's he's definitely being a little bit underrated. Again, he's not like one of those top tier running backs or sure. not even like top fifteen in my opinion. But still, like he can he's going to get a lot of usage both in the run game and I wouldn't even be surprised like if throw him in the passing game too just like out of the flat and stuff for uh i'm presuming to be josh dobbs being the starting quarterback yeah i I think i think we can assume that so um yeah it's a entire situation over in arizona right now as quarterback (laughs) but um yeah uh my, my second one kind of goes with yours is kind of just applying pressure on josh dobbs because something that we didn't see in the preseason was a pr- was pressure on the quarterback only one sack throughout all three games again the starters only played a what was it like a drive two drives yeah on defense so again i wouldn't like super overreact to it but in terms of the backups and the guys that will definitely be in the rotation i know fa obata won't be playing again he got put on uh ir was it ir or the populist effort i think it was short-term ir was short-term I'm, IR, I'm right, yeah. Like, no so, yeah he's out for the first four games um Chase Young was not placed on short-term IR, so he will most likely be playing. I'd assume that he's playing on Sunday. And um, th- there was another uh, edge rusher or defensive lineman, I, f- I thought. Uh, Fidarian Mathis got put on injured reserve as well, so he's going to be out. But some of the other guys that we saw a lot of in the preseason, Andre Jones, KJ Henry, they're going to be in the rotation because these guys like F.A. Obata and Fidarian Mathis aren't going to be available for the game against the Cardinals and for the next month or so. So I, I want to see pressure on Josh Dobbs. This isn't a top tier offensive line that they're facing in Arizona, probably one of the worst in the NFL. So I want to see like, I'd say probably three sacks at least on Josh yep. Dobbs. I don't think that's crazy to say, like, especially with this defensive line. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I mean, the one weakness of this defensive line, like you mentioned, is that interior depth, because initially at one point there were only three defensive tackles on the roster. Now, of course, Abdullah Anderson was a corresponding signing when Obata went on injured reserve. But of course, Fedarian Mathis was a reserve defensive tackle. F.A. Obata can shift to defensive tackle. It really the only guys with experience are Duran Payne, Jonathan Allen and John Ridgeway, which is tough because sometimes in jumbo packages on the goal line or maybe in five two situations you might want to have three defensive tackles out there obviously they're not going to see much of that this week with the lack of depth that they have but there's missing a lot there nonetheless I still agree with you I would even go as far as to say I would expect four or more sacks considering how much of an advantage this team should have on the defensive line three would be solid if anything less than that I think would be a disappointment yeah I mean again only one sack during the preseason I wouldn't overreact to that but um definitely should come out like on the defensive front should definitely be applying pressure most plays and definitely should be hurrying up Josh Dobbs and force them to run the football, which Washington, again, with guys like Cody Barton and Jamin Davis, who's improved with his tackling ability, like the run shouldn't be a problem 
most likely for Washington's defense. Like they have a bunch of guys, especially in the secondary and at linebacker that can definitely make tackles. We've seen it before cam curl playing in the box, Derek Forrest playing in the box as well. So like, I'm not worried about the run. And if they force Josh Dobbs to run the football or if they pressure him enough, like he's going to make a mistake. He's going to make multiple mistakes. And I think, yeah, I'm going to go with my next key to success success, because I think it goes like to what I'm saying here, but like it's going to help them start fast, which I think Washington needs to do because in the past, like Washington started off what one and four, one and five, each of the last two seasons, I think, or maybe two and five. So like, it's, it's not, it's not been great under Ron Rivera to begin seasons. And I think Washington has a big opportunity against one of the worst teams in the NFL right now in the Arizona Cardinals. They can come out, beat them by double digits, and that's a huge momentum booster coming into the week after that when we go to Denver. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, starting fast both in this game and in this season, that's something Washington's almost never been able to do. It feels like the opening drive touchdown just almost never happens for this team. I think it could be something that changes as long as the offensive line holds up. And I, if I had to predict it, I would see two scenarios. Either we see Sam Howell come in and kind of do what he's been doing, really direct the team, maybe convert a long third down or something on at least a productive first drive that could end up leading to a score. Or the offensive line falls apart, and uh, this defensive line, which doesn't have a ton of talent for the Cardinals, but at least has guys like Zayvon Collins, Carlos Watkins, could generate some pressure and really just tear into this offensive line, in which case I think that that could be what shoots Washington in the foot is just unable to being generate generate drives behind these guys because there's still just not very much depth at all. It was good that the commanders at least re-signed Tyler Larson, but it doesn't even look like he's projected to start. It looks like they're going to try for Nick Gates at center for the moment, although maybe that'll change depending on how the play goes in the game. But again, just a really, really bad situation in the offensive line that the Cardinals could take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line is bad, but I still feel like looking at the Cardinals' depth and stuff at, in their front four, like Washington's offensive line, maybe you make a mistake here too, leads to a Sam Howell sack. But I would say this offensive line is still better than, I know it's comparing two different like position groups, but this offensive line should, for the most part, be better than the uh, defensive line that the Cardinals have. So mm-hmm. like b- besides guys, like you said, Zayvon Collins and Carlos Watkins, I'm looking at it's... No, nothing really impresses me there. So yeah, uh, it, it it should be um pretty easy, like not easy, but like the Sam Howe shouldn't be under pressure every play. And if he is, then we are in big trouble because like the Cardinals are, the, their defensive line isn't good. Like like most parts of their team. So um that definitely will some be something to keep an eye on. Uh, Sam Howe again, this offense starting fast. You mentioned. I remember we went on a streak with like 17 or 18 straight games at one point where we didn't have an opening drive touchdown or we went an entire season once, I believe, without an opening drive touchdown, which was kind of crazy. But I think I think there's something different about having Sam Howell at quarterback and how much we saw him create out of structure and stuff during the preseason that I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. And I think there's definitely a good chance that right off the bat, Sam Howell can lead a 75-yard drive to the uh, to the end zone. So. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, anything else in terms of keys to success you got? I don't think so. I mean, just like we've talked about throughout the entire preseason, just generating turnovers with that secondary. But I think the secondary looks really solid and should be just fine in this mm-hmm. game. Yeah, and again, Josh Dobbs is that quarterback. So they should be. Yep. there should be at least one interception, in my opinion, in this game that we pick them off for. But 
we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, um, pretty much reliable run game, uh, pressure on Dobbs, starting fast, I think has been something that uh, pretty much for the keys to success. So yeah, that, that's pretty much that. Um, now moving on kind of just to the quarterback position in general, what would you consider a successful game out of Sam Howell? Again, it's his second career regular season start. We've seen very limited hit. We, we, he has not played a lot in the NFL. Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen him against the Cowboys, and then we saw him for, what was it, probably a total of three quarters during the preseason, I would say. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, three quarters total during the preseason. So what, what would you consider a successful game from him? Um, so a successful game, at least against the Cardinals is going to be hard because I I don't want to get too optimistic, but obviously the Cardinals are bad enough to where there is a chance that the commanders lead by enough and are just running out the clock for most of the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. There is that possibility. So in that case, I think if Sam Howell has like 220 passing yards, a couple of touchdowns, maybe one touchdown, but led like three touchdown drives and one or zero turnovers. I think that's solid. I think in a close game, I'd like to see like 240, 250 passing yards, at least two passing touchdowns or maybe one passing, one rushing touchdown. Um, Maybe really like definitely over 20 points. I think over 25 would be really, really good, but um, not nowhere in the, if nowhere in the teens, nowhere below 10 points against this defense, I think the commander should be able to score a reasonable amount. Yeah, I had a pretty much the same stuff, multiple touchdowns, 200 passing yards from Howell. And also my third one was no dumb turnovers. Like, wow, you, you throw a Hail Mary at the end of the first half and it gets picked off, whatever. But, like, the one against the Cowboys in the back of the end zone where he threw it in triple coverage, nothing like that. Um, if there is a turnover, have have it being like a dot to Jahan Dots and then he just, like, goes right through his hands and it gets intercepted or something. Don't have overthrow just a bad decision um i think just not like freaking out and we'll see what happens because sam, sam how he's going to make a mistake during this game and we know whether it be a bad sack we saw it during the first and second preseason game on the opening drive he took a bad sack how is he going to be able to bounce back from that well i, well, I think tell us a lot about how the season will go so far from the preseason and from the cowboys game it's looking pretty good. It looks like he has a sh- good short-term memory. He's not going to freak out or try and get take back the entire lead um, with one pass. But um, we'll see what happens in a game that actually counts and for him playing an entire game against the Arizona Cardinals. So that's pretty much that. Anything else you want to say on Sam Howe? Yeah, I agree with you about the bouncing back point. I mean, there's going to be at least one mistake. I th- I could forgive a bad turnover if it's only one. I think if you get to two or more, then there's a little bit of questions about his consistency. But first, still getting his feet under him. Hasn't played a full game other than the game against Dallas that was at the end of the season. Um, overall, I mean, getting the win. If they the commanders lose this game, I think it's hard to find it satisfactory unless the defense just falls apart. But to be honest, there's no shot in my mind that it's going to be a shootout. If the commanders lose this game, I think it'll be at least on partly on Sam Howell. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Like this team and the talent on this team is too good enough around Sam Howell to like not lose this game. I feel like yep. if if we lose this game, it's going to be on that offensive line. It's going to be on Sam Howell and I'd even say it could be on the defensive line if they don't apply pressure but I have more confidence in them getting a few sacks and kind of turning the tide of the game rather than the offensive line being elite for, for a full four quarters so 
Uh, yeah. that that's what I have now. Moving on here to our X factor for this game. Do you want to go first with this one? Because I know we've talked about him a little, little bit already. Yeah, sure. Mine's Antonio Gibson. I think that we're going to see him hopefully a little bit more involved catching passes out of the backfield. But beyond that, he could still be used in the running game. Maybe not on first and second down as much as Brian Robinson, but he's a truly multidimensional back. I think I'm excited to see his usage. I think Eric Bieniemy running this offense will change things for him significantly. I feel like Ron Rivera, if it's entrusted to Ron Rivera, I would doubt that Gibson's going to get the ball that much. But I think the enemy is way, way better at scheming his playmakers than Ron Rivera and Scott Turner were last year. Because as we saw, Ron Rivera was kept preaching, we want to get Antonio Gibson involved more in the passing game. And it just never happened. I think it finally happens. Like for those of you who play fantasy, could be a sneaky flex play in PPR because of that chance to get extra receptions. But with Terry McLaurin uncertain for this, which we didn't really talk about as much, but sure. Terry McLaurin, of course, uncertain with this turf toe injury, a couple other injuries as well. I think Antonio Gibson might need to step it up because it's not just going to be Jahan Dotson. I could see Jahan Dotson having a huge game, but outside of that, it's not just going to be him. And I think Gibson's a primary option outside of that. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I don't know how we ta haven't talked about Terry McLaurin yet, but, um, yeah, Terry, if I had to make a prediction right now, I would say he does play. I think it will be more of like a decoy than him actually playing full speed 100%. Because, again, it's turf toe, and we've seen it before. We've seen it with Antonio Gibson. It's going to linger. It's going to affect him against the Broncos. It's going to affect him against the Eagles. Uh, no, we don't play the Eagles week three. Uh, the Bills week three. Um but it's going to linger. So it's just more of taking care of it, making sure he doesn't re-aggravate it, which I think will be a big factor. In terms of my X factor, um, I, I'm going to go with Charles Leno. I, I've talked about this offensive line a little bit, but especially at left tackle, the blind side for Sam Howell. We've seen Sam Howell being able to run out of the pocket and like create himself, but I think Charles Leno really has to step it up and really has to have a solid game to start off the season because we've seen the inconsistency from him over this last two years. And especially recently he's kind of like fallen off a little bit, mm -hmm. but if he has a great game against uh, the Cardinals week one, again, it's not the best competition he's going up against. So it's going to be what saving Collins, like we said, and Jonathan Ledbetter. So mm -hmm. the, he, he should, he should have a really solid game and this offensive line overall should have a really solid game. Yeah, that would be the hope to get their feet under them. And uh, really, hopefully they'll carry that momentum into the future weeks as well against tougher defenses. Mm -hmm. All right. So now it's time. Week one, we got to predict it. Score, who wins? Here we go. I'll let you go first. Commanders, 24 to 16. I think okay. they're going to be close at the half, maybe a 14-10 type of thing. After the half, I feel like the Cardinals are not going to be able to execute a touchdown drive or maybe one touchdown drive. Don't see much happening in half number two. I'm going to go 24 to 13. Did you say 16 or 13? I said 16. You said 16. Yeah, I'm going to go 24 to 13. I feel like Josh Dobbs, they're going to score a touchdown probably because of James Conner or a good catch from Hollywood Brown. But beyond that, I think, again, the field goal range a few times. In terms of the offense, I think 24 is a solid number. I feel, I feel like a few touchdown drives and maybe a field goal in there as well. I think Washington probably ends up in the low 20s, somewhere between 20 and 25 points. Um, it'd be great if they go over because, of course, like we we are, how many points do we average? I see like 20. What was it? A little, yeah, little less than that, 19? Something like, like that. 
yeah, if this can go up by five or six points this season, then Washington will win two or three more games. So um, I think that'd be a good start, especially against this weaker weaker defense that the Cardinals have. 24-13 is my pick, and yeah, Commanders are going to win it. Absolutely. But yeah. You want to go through quickly here, week one game picks sure. for the entire week? All right, we'll start this one off. Season opener, Lions-Chiefs. Going to go with Kansas City. I think this may, the Lions will keep it close, but I think Patrick Mahomes ends up taking it in the end. Yeah, I agree. I think the Lions, I don't know if they keep it close, but I feel like um, the Chiefs are definitely going to score 30-plus in this one. Lions mm-hmm. will probably be somewhere in the 20s. I think it's been really interesting what they said about Jameer Gibbs. I don't know if you saw it, how they're going to use him differently than people expect. I think Gibbs will definitely be lined up in the slot more than he's going to be lined up in the backfield. Yeah, that could be possible. That'd be good for my fantasy team. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right, Jags, Colts. What would you got here? Um, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Uh, I don't think this one's going to be that close. I doubt Anthony Richardson has that great of a game. I mean, it's possible, but it's week one. He's still uh, developing talent. Yeah, most likely no Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Definitely going with the Jags on this one as well. Uh, Panthers, Falcons. Ooh. Bryce Young, I think, takes this, goes 1-0. I think it'll actually be by double digits, too. I don't think Desmond Ritter keeps up, and I think Bryce Young has a, like one of those like good debuts that's not like blowing people away, but something like 18, or no, something like, let's say, 19 for 30 for 233 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers, and runs for like 15 or 20 yards as well. All right, that's pretty solid. I'm going to go, so, so far we've got the same picks. I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. I don't think they blow them out by double digits, but... I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think either offense really has that firepower to go 25-plus. And both defenses, I really like uh, the Panthers with that front four, plus guys like J.C. Horn in the secondary, and uh, for the Falcons as well. He's, again, one of the more underrated signings, in my opinion, Jesse Bates in that secondary. Plus, you still got guys like A.J. Terrell. It's going to be a tough secondary for Bryce Young to go up against in his very first game. Next game here, Bengals-Browns. Ooh. I think it's going to be – I'll go with an upset pick here. I'll take Cleveland by a field goal, something last second. I think Deshaun Watson comes out, has a huge game. Whether it's indicative of things to come, I we don't know, but I think he's going to take a significant step forward in game one. Elijah Moore, I say, has a big game as well. The Browns will win it. Yeah, that's that's a pretty bold position. I'm going to go with the Bengals, but I know last year we saw them struggle in week one against, I believe it was the Steelers. And they ended up losing that one. And Burrow threw like three picks or something. Evan was selling him in fantasy after that game. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals on this one. <laughs> All right, All next right. game, Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Tampa Bay, Minnesota. I will take the Vikings. I have no confidence in Baker Mayfield here. I think maybe we'll see like one magical drive out of him. Maybe he'll keep it close because the Vikings have that tendency to keep games close. But I feel like it'll be one of those like eight-point wins that was really never that close where the Vikings had mm-hmm. it mostly in hand. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. I really think Tampa Bay should have gone with Kyle Trask, a quarterback. He's shown flashes during the preseason. I was kind of stunned that they went with Baker. Kind of meant that they were going to go with Baker. They were going to go with Baker from the beginning. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in a pretty big blowout in that one. Uh, Titans Saints in New Orleans. I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, we were looking, I mean, I think it was Ari Marov for my, my sports update who posted the t- Saints QB schedule. It is fantastic for this defense. And so Derek Carr is going to have an opportunity to win a lot of games for this team this year. It starts with Ryan Tannehill. I think Derek Carr outplays him slightly. 
And I just think the Saints have enough playmakers around like Chris Olave to make this a big win. I think DeAndre Hopkins has maybe a bit of a slow start. We'll see him more in the second half, but maybe like a five catch 60 yard type of game while he still gets used to his new environment. Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints too. I had to make sure I had to double check which one, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Um, Ryan Tannehill is all right. Like nothing really moves me there. Um, but yeah, Derek Carr in his first game in New Orleans, he looked good in the preseason. I, th- I think the Saints are going to be pretty good this year. They're going to be better than people think. I think they probably win the uh, NFC South. I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh-huh. All right. This is a pretty big one. 49ers Steelers. That is a big one. And Kenny Pickett has been getting a lot of hype yes. in preseason yes. versus Brock Purdy has been getting not as much. I mean, a lot of people, maybe because of the Trey Lance trade, people are being like, oh, the 49ers putting all their eggs in one basket with Brock Purdy. I think the 49ers will squeak it out, though. I think it's going to be very, very close, maybe a three-point game. Steelers will it will be a sign of things to come for Pittsburgh, I think, but 49ers will still win. I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to jump on that Kenny Pickett bandwagon. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've come out hot in like the last three years of, I feel like, the week one season openers. They're at home. They're playing against Brock Purdy, who is not the best quarterback in the NFL. Kenny Pickett has looked great. I think they're going to play better than they're going to play for the rest of the year. I think like it'll be one of those things where the Steelers, they're going to beat the 49ers by like four, maybe more than that. And then people are going to overreact and say, oh, the Steelers are going to contend in the AFC North, maybe for the division or whatever. But um, overall, I think that defense is super good, even though they lost guys like Cam Sutton or whatever. But uh, Minka Fitzpatrick has been one of the big leaders on that defense, plus TJ TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers in that one. Mm-hmm. Next one. This one is, uh, I feel like, pretty obvious. Texans-Ravens. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Ravens. I was trying to think of an exact C.J. Stroud stat line. So for those of you listening, write this down. 28 for 39, 257 passing yards, two touchdowns, two picks, um, and a fumble. I think the Ravens force a lot of turnovers and win big. You think he's going to throw 39 pass attempts? First game. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I think this is going to end up being a terrible strategy for the Texans, given that they have Damian Pierce. But yeah. I see the Ravens just going up so big early in this one, especially with Todd Monk and his offensive coordinator. It's really mm-hmm. going to be a big turnaround. The Texans will have no choice. Yeah, definitely see the Ravens going up like 14-0, 17-0 after the first quarter or yeah. maybe short, what, shortly into the second quarter. But yeah, just definitely going with the Ravens in this one. As much as I like the Texans more than some other people, there's no shot they win this game, I'm going to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> I'm moving on to the 4 o'clock games. Uh, Packers-Bears. Packers-Bears, rivalry game up on tap. It's actually going to be closer than rivalry games in years past. I think Jordan Love leads them to 1-0. I don't think it's going to be that well-coached of a game by Matt LaFleur, but maybe Jordan Love will have – I think he'll have a half-decent game. I think he'll be an above-average quarterback this week. Nothing special, but the Packers – the Bears just won't be able to get enough done on defense – or I mean on offense, and Justin Fields will – end up being sacked a lot, maybe have a couple turnovers, just not really be able to get fully going. I'm going to slightly disagree with you there. I'm going with the Bears. I think Justin Fields does – I don't think the offensive line does great in the passing game, but I really think the running game dominates for Chicago. you got guys like Khalil Herbert in the backfield, plus Roshan Johnson. We'll see how many carries he's going to get with um, uh, Khalil Herbert and there's another guy in that backfield. I know it's pretty crowded over there, but they've got a lot of solid running backs in Chicago. Yeah. And I think um, the bears will, it's going to be low scoring in my opinion too. I don't think Jordan love is going to lead like 
25 plus or whatever, but um, probably somewhere in the low 20s, high teens, the Bears are going to win this one. So I got that. Uh, next one, uh, the Raiders and the Broncos. Raiders and Broncos. I think I just have to trust that Sean Payton's going to do something with this team and beat the Raiders, who are look pretty abysmal right now. So give me uh, the Broncos. Give me a solid game from Cortland Sutton as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denver as well. Uh, really not much else to say, but I think the Broncos will be a little bit better than they were last year. I don't think they're going to be that bad. Eagles-Patriots. Eagles-Patriots. I mean, will it be a Super Bowl hangover? It's possible. I mean, Bill Belichick would love to spoil it. I want to go with that huge upset pick. I'm trying to decide if it's just too gutsy. I think it is. I don't think we see that good of enough and a good enough game from Matt Jones for that to happen. I'll go Eagles. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow start offensively for Philadelphia, but overall, I think their offense is just too too uh, too good for the Patriots' offense to kind of force a shootout or whatever. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Now, this is probably the game of the week, if not one of the bigger games of the week. Miami and the Chargers, Dolphins, Chargers. Uh, who you got in this one? Wow, huge game, big shootout. I think I'll go with Miami. I just think they have so much talent at receiver. And I mean, obviously, so do, so do the Chargers, but the Dolphins are just absolutely stacked at this point. I, I think it's going to end up just being a high-scoring game. Tua has shown he can be really, really good in those high-scoring games like that one last year against the Ravens where he just went crazy and the Dolphins won last second. I think it'll happen similarly to that. And the Chargers still won't win another. They'll lose another close game, one-score game under Brandon Staley, and questions will come in. I think that I think Los Angeles gets it done. I'm going to go with the Chargers' Justin Herbert. I think people are really forgetting about the like how good this Chargers defense is when they're healthy and they're coming into the season fully healthy. You've got Khalil Mack in there, plus Joey Bosa. You've got guys in the secondary like JC Jackson, a former guy who kept on leading the NFL in interceptions in like three years in a row. And uh, another guy that's pretty underrated, Michael Davis in at nickel as well that the Chargers have. I think Tua throws a couple interceptions in this one. I'm going to go with the Chargers. All, All right. right. We got Ra Rams and Seahawks. Rams and Seahawks. Um, Oof, geez. That one's a hard one. I think I'll go with Geno here in the Seahawks. They've got so much talent at receiver that's even expanded even more. I think it'll be another big week one resounding win for them. I'm going to make a bold prediction here, more overall in the season. I'm going to go with the Seahawks for this game, but I think the Seahawks get the one seed and the bye in the NFC. So I am wow. super high on them. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I think with the Rams aren't going to win this game, though, just because of, I mean, we got Cooper Cup's hamstring yeah. injury coming back. Not enough offense, but power out there. Mm -hmm. All right, we got Sunday Night Football now. Cowboys, Giants. Cowboys. I not. I doubt the Cowboys are going to do that well this season. I think they're going to underperform, but I think they come out hot in week one on primetime, do enough to get it done. Brandon Cooks would be the MVP of that game. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a pretty good pick. I'm going to go with the Cowboys as well. I think it's more of the Giants probably being a 4-5-1 or five one team than the Cowboys being the best team in the NFC, like undoubtedly. But I think they're going to win by 15 plus in this one. So, yeah. Um, all right, we got Monday Night Football to cap things off the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers in his Jets debut. This is the hardest one yet. Wow. It'll be, it'll be a good one. I'm going to say the Bills, maybe like 34 to 31. Yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout between these two teams. I'm going to go with the Bills as well, but. Again, I, I'm really on the fence. I've been going back and forth every day about this. So um, the Jets, I feel like with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, could definitely win this game. And especially with Josh Allen, if his struggles continue from last year, 
But again, Josh Allen's fully healthy now uh, with, with that elbow or shoulder injury that, ha- that he had last year kind of affected him throughout the entire season. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills in a, in a shootout. But yeah, All right. that's it. So uh, those are our predictions. You got Commanders Cardinals on Sunday, 1 p.m. You're going to be there. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be great. Uh, where can people find you and um, those about your podcast too? You can find me in section 118 on Sunday, but you can find me at Calvin underscore SGF on Twitter, Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I haven't recorded episodes in a little while. I've got a lot going on, so TBD as to what happens to the podcast. But if you want to get in some last-minute fantasy advice, there are positional previews for all four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, that are posted. So if you're still having your draft, as I'm actually having a fantasy draft in just a few minutes myself, yeah. you can go and That's check right. those out for some last minute advice uh, i know we gotta wrap this up here went a little bit over but um thank you for hopping on that'll do it for this week's episode of keeping up with the commanders see you guys in the next one peace